Hi, Velocity Church. This is Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands in Alabama, and I'm so excited you will be going through my book, The Daniel Dilemma. I wrote this book to help Christians navigate the shifting culture, a culture that is sliding away from biblical values and is putting Christians in a dilemma of not knowing what to do. Most think that you either stand firm in your love for God and the Bible, but you have to sacrifice relating to other people or to the culture, or others think it's okay to shift some part of the biblical values in order to relate to culture. Well, the truth is you don't have to do either. You can do both. We'll show you how you can stand firm and love well at the same time and learn how to live our lives like Daniel did and Jesus did with grace and truth. By the way, I've loved hearing about how your church is changing lives in Lawrence, Kansas. You're an amazing group of people with an amazing pastor and leadership team. I'm praying for you that for a powerful time in God's word. God bless you. Today we're gonna to talk about standing, standing. That's, that's a big theme of the Bible. You can't go very far in scripture before the Bible says, hey, stand, stand firm, stand up. And I'll show you one verse. It's there in your message notes. Pull those out of your little worship guide and you can follow along or take some notes. And if you're not, not a note taker, go ahead and try it one time. You'll see, you might actually enjoy it. And we've got some three ring binders out in the foyers of every location where you can start collecting your message notes. But 1 Corinthians says, be on your guard. And I just love the way it begins because, hey, just watch out now. This is, it's gonna, might, might be tougher than you think. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. We're going to talk about that. Be strong. And then it adds next week's topic. And when you do that, don't be a meanie. Don't be a jerk about it, right? Do everything in love. Ba balance the two things out uh, at the same time. And again, I don't know that we really uh, feel that kind of pressure uh, about our faith. I, I, I mean, probably on the low end of the scale, it might be something like you're in a restaurant and you know you kind of probably ought to thank the Lord for that meal. And I don't know, maybe it's embarrassing to you. And so you kind of, you do a half little bow and a thank you, Jesus, for the food and lift it back up really quick. And you're kind of afraid of being at lunch with that guy who likes to take it a little bit further than that. That praise loud where the whole restaurant can hear. Y'all ever been out to eat with that guy? And, um, you know, and then he'll rip off some Ben Sings, my soul. I mean, right there in the middle of PF Chang's, you know what I'm saying? Or the worst, my personal worst is the hand holder. You know, you're, you're with a bunch of guys. Listen, guys, let's pray over the meal. Let's pray over the meal. I'm like, I ain't holding your hand, dude. I love God, but I don't love you like that. So, <laughs> so anyway, you know, and, and you feel that. Come on, everybody feels a little bit of that, that pressure. And then you kind of feel that guilt like, man, I probably should have. Well, I, sh I shouldn't be embarrassed to thank the Lord for my meal. And you, you kind of, that might be the low end of the scale. And then you have this other end, as I said, where, where believers have lost their lives over their stand of their faith. I mean, I, th I think about, uh, I've actually been reading a, biograph uh, a set of biographies on great men and great women uh, who stood, uh, stood for the Lord, and one of those is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who uh, in the middle of, uh, of Nazi Germany, even the Christian churches, as the trains went by filled with Jewish people that they were going to execute, uh, they didn't stand for their faith. Many of them just sang the hymns louder so they couldn't hear the trains. And then Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, I don't think so. This can't happen. And he literally stepped off of the stage preaching and got arrested and, and, was, and was hanged for his faith. And, and in fact, his quote uh, right as he left, he goes, I'm getting ready to die. He says, my end is coming and my new life is beginning. Tell my family that. And just the courage that it took, I think about Dr. King, and some think that that was a political statement. I personally believe it was his faith that was driving an injustice that he said, this, this just can't happen. And right here in Birmingham, Alabama, 
You know, he, he, he stood in the, in the face of that and, and courage and stood, stood really for something that I believe our God stands for. Can you hear a good amen, everybody? Thank God Birmingham is, is, is a different city because of people. And I think God may, may, may cause us to ha- need to have that kind of courage uh, in our faith. And if there's a hallmark story, actually, there are probably two in the book of Daniel that, I mean, come on, it, it, little kids learn them in Sunday school. And if you've ever, ever, ever done a little veggie tales, you've had Rack Shack and Benny. Come on, everybody, right? And, um, and there's two stories, Daniel in the lion's den. That's a famous book of Daniel story. And the other is the one we're going to study today, and that is, you know, the, the story of that fiery furnace. Let's look at it. I've got some of the verses in your notes, a bunch more to put on the screen here, so follow along. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image. And I want to just notice, I'm going to show you how many times this word is used. And not only this word, but also not only an image, but a sound, an image and a sound. And what I'm trying to point out to you is culture's way of getting its God inside of us is never like, hey, don't serve your God, serve this God. It would never say it that bluntly. They hide it in images and sounds. Always guard what you hear and what you see. Because the enemy is sly and he will sneak, he'll sneak his message into some things that you think are benign. Oh, I love God, but I know this movie mocks God, but you know it's just a movie. We're just eating some popcorn, having a little fun. Or I know this song mocks God, but I don't, you know, I'm just, it's just a song. We're just having some fun. Or I know this holiday that comes up in a couple of weeks is just a little fun, you know. And, uh, but I mean, I know it's about death and gore and blood and guts and stuff, but it's just for fun. You know, is it? I don't know. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Selah. All right, so <laughs> he, made, he made an image of gold. So it's an image. He always hides it in an image. 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide. That's 90 feet by 9 feet. Uh, And he set it upon the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all the top dogs, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of, there's the word again, to not to him, but to just, I'm going to hide it in the image that he had set up so that all these guys showed up uh, and they assembled the dedication, there's the word again, of this image that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it and they herald loudly and proclaimed nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. Now, culture will bring you to that place where it'll make you think you have to. You're, you're commanded, or you'll lose it all. You're, you're commanded to do this. As soon as you hear, and there's the word, not only the image, but I'm, we're gonna attach a sound to it. Always be careful what you hear and what you see, it might not be as innocent as you think of the horn, flute, zither. I love the word zither. <laughs> is that as funny to y'all as it to me? I'm playing the zither. Uh, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship, not even me, but worship the image of gold that I've set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Want to watch this. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all the kinds of music. And all the nations of the people of every language fell down and worshiped the image after they heard the sound that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. There were some Jews whom you set up over the affairs, these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who really not are paying attention to your sounds and your images, your majesty, and they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now, I love this because these guys were just saying, look, we're not bowing. Now, listen to me, everybody. You're bowing to something. It's very important that you bow to the right thing. Can I hear a good amen right there? 
And really, I think you have to kind of be meticulous and careful about, you know, what you are giving your time, attention, affection, resources, love, all that too. It's very, it's very you're, what you worship is very important. Of course, the world, Nebuchadnezzar reacted like the world reacts, and they get furious, and they get mad. Boy, do we ever live in a toxic culture now where I don't even disagree with you. I hate you if you don't believe what I believe. It's horrible. It's horrible. I'm preparing some messages for, not, not for you, but really so that the world can hear some messages. The, the, the toxic culture of our society who have two groups of people who both can even love God and have these different positions and go get to the place of sheer hatred of each other, it has, it has to change if we're going to stay a great nation. It really, really does. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned these guys and, the, and, and they brought him before the king and he said to them, is it true that you guys are not worshiping the image that I have set up? I'll give you one more chance. And when that music plays, you better fall down and worship the statue and all will be well. But if you refuse, and I'm trying to prepare you today for situations um, where you might be faced with a, I don't want to do that. I speak to you young ladies who have been on Friday nights and Saturday night dates, and you didn't want to do that, but the pressure was great. You, maybe on the office where a joke has been told, and everything in your spirit man says, this is, I, I, I can't really be along with this, and you want to walk away, but you don't know what to do. I mean, you really, that's why I called the book The Daniel Dilemma. I, I'm convinced the church and I think Christians are put in a position where they, they're very ill-equipped to handle. They, they really don't, I really don't know what to do, and I'm not a bad person, and I really love God. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do because we're afraid of this. If I refuse, you're going to be thrown into a, a, a flaming furnace within the hour, and what God can deliver you out of my hand, Nebuchadnezzar said. You, know, it, you feel this strut, you hear this, that's the devil. He likes to scare the fire out of me. But if you open the gate, you realize he's a little puppy about this big. <laughs> Come on, greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world, the Bible says. That's right. But you get, you don't think that in this situation. You get all intimidated, isn't that right? And that's why I want to prepare you right now on how to stand, how to stand. Next week, we'll talk about how to love. How, how can we let culture really uh, see the God that is inside of us? Write these down if you're taking notes. Standing firm takes courage. The, the word courage from, comes from the word cour, the French word or Latin word heart. It, it's, it's something in your heart. And let me be very clear uh, about what courage is. C courage isn't the guy who just is afraid of nothing. No, it's the person who might still have their fears and is just not going to bow to them. Daniel chapter 3, look what they said. That these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not afraid. We ain't worried, we ain't worried about you or what's going to happen to us. They, they said, look, we, it, we got a lot of problems right now, but it ain't, it's, not, it's not fear and worry. Now, I want to submit to you they actually did have some fear. I, I, want to, I want to submit to you they probably they knew how bad that fiery furnace was, and they considered that threat to be credible. They didn't, think, they didn't think Nebuchadnezzar was just bluffing here. But they had something come up in the inside of them that, honestly, I don't see a whole lot of in the church anymore. And I think, I mean, hopefully you'll never need this message, but I think you will. I think you'll be put in situations where you're going to need to be enheartened 
something's going to be stirred inside of you to stand in the face of a decision where culture says, no, you need to do this. And as I said, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's standing firm in spite of my fear. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, something powerful happens. I really believe that. That when you just take a step of, of courage, some great things happen. If you'll see the next part of this story, you see another principle about standing, and that is that standing firm takes faith. It takes faith. Faith in what, Chris? Faith in that God is on your side. Faith that God will deliver you out of that. Faith that God, no matter what the consequences of your standing is, is going is to is be there with you and help you out through that situation. Like, you don't have to stand alone. Watch this in, in Daniel chapter 3. This is one of the coolest parts of the story. He said, if we are thrown into that fire, if you go ahead and do what you said you're going to do, Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. But guess what? Even if our God doesn't show up, we ain't bowing to your idol. He just said, they said, they, they had a faith and a belief that God was on their side. And honestly, they had a faith and a belief in a principle I believe in, and that is if you are a Christian, you're in a win-win situation. It's true. And one of my favorite verses is the verse that I put on the, the, the program of my daddy's funeral that I did here on this stage. And our family came together and said, you know, this is the verse, because my dad got healed of cancer, and then two years later got cancer again, and he went to heaven. And it kind of, like, if you look at it on the service, it, it confused a lot of people, including some of us sometimes. And God gave me this verse out of 2 Thessalonians that says, my God will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. And when I read it, I thought, well, God, which one are you going to do? And the answer is yes. Because <laughs> either one is a win-win situation. Amen, everybody? If I, if, I, if I live, I get to serve Christ. If I die, it's gain, Paul said. I mean, I, you can, it doesn't matter what you do. If you let me live, I'm going to keep preaching and writing Bible. That's what I'm going to do. If you cut my head off, I get to see Jesus. I mean, he was in a win-win situation. You can't mess with a guy who's in a win-win situation. And, and so if he doesn't, please understand, sir. I'll, I want to just point that out for next week. We're coming back to it. Notice even their standing, they weren't, they weren't, uh, not, they weren't not polite. They were just like, well, sir, it's okay, sir. Please understand that we will never, in, under any circumstance, serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have erected. I, what I love about this, and I think it's key, courage takes faith because faith is focused not on what you're against that you're standing against. Hey, everybody, we're not standing against anything. We're standing for our God. Let's don't be a church that's against stuff. Let's be a church that's for God. Amen, everybody? Because it's so important. It's so important for us to have that. If, if we don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And that's one of the keys. I'm going to come back to it at the end of this message that I think is the key to standing. Is that you're not, it's not, I'm not, I don't hate culture. I don't hate political parties. I don't hate groups. I don't hate people who do bad things. I love God. I stand because I love God. It's a good principle, everybody. Look what it goes on to say in the rest of this chapter. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. 
His face became dark with anger at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than usual and called for some of his strongest men to tie those brothers up and put them into fire. They bound them with ropes, threw them into the furnace, fully clothed. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a thing, the flames leaped out of the furnace and killed the soldiers trying to put these guys into the fire. That's how hot it was. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound to the roaring flames. But suddenly, as Nebuchadnezzar was watching, he jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we throw three of them brothers in that fire? I'm getting ready to preach warning. Preach warning, everybody. It's, <laughs> it's, it's coming. All right, just letting you know. Did, didn't we throw three men into the furnace? Yes, we did indeed, your majesty. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men in that fire. Come on, somebody else is preaching. Help me out back there. And, and they aren't even hurt by the flames. And the fourth looks like Jesus, everybody. Jesus. <laughs> I'm preaching about 62.5% better than y'all responding right now. This is good stuff. Yeah, this is good. This is what we call in theology a theophany. And we don't understand it, but from time to time, I mean, you got to know Jesus is sitting right next to God right now, and he always has been, right? And except for the 33 years that he came to earth, planet earth. But he's been, he was there before Bethlehem. John chapter 1, speaking of Jesus, says he was from the beginning. He's part of the Trinity. He was there in the garden. He's, he's, all, he's always been there right next to the Father in heaven. We don't know why, but from time to time, Jesus said, hey, hey Dad, I'll be right back. I, I, just, I want to freak on Nebuchadnezzar out. I'm going to go down there and have fun. I mean, he just does that. We don't know why. But a, a theophany happened. The fourth looks like the Son of God. Watch what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the open door of the flaming furnace and yelled, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of, I've got a new religion. <laughs> he got saved. I mean, like, yeah, I love your God. Your God is the awesome God. I mean, he's all of a sudden, and that's next week, everybody. Just notice this. He said, come out. Come here. So they stepped out of the fire. The princes, governors, captains, counselors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not touched them. Check it out, everybody. When you think you take a stand in a culture, you don't have to get out away from culture. You can be right in the middle of it, and not a hair on your head can be singed. You don't even have to smell like culture anymore, everybody. God will rescue you out of it. That's right. It's awesome. Here's the last one. I'll stop preaching. Just get your notes back out. Just write some stuff down. And that is that standing firm inspires others. You think they're going to hate you for it? No, they're going to love you for it. Dads, your family would love you. If you'd say, hey, kids, before you go to school, let's, 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 let's pray. I'm going to pray over you. And then pick them up off the floor because they had passed out and just pray for them, right? <laughs> no, they'd appreciate it. People want you to. in your business. You don't have to get all goofy with it. We'll talk to you about the balance of that next week. You know, you don't have to get up on top of your desk and preach to everybody who walks into the office tomorrow morning. You don't have to do that. But you can, you, can, you, can, you can minister to people and still be a representative of God Almighty every place you go. You can your standing can inspire people. And then Nebuchadnezzar, watch this. <laughs> this is the funniest part of the story to me. Sorry, I see, I see so much humor in the Bible. I'm so sorry. But he said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. He's he he, he just like, I'm a Christian now. I, you, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. 
They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god other than their own god. Watch this. Therefore, Nebuchadnezzar, I decree that anybody who doesn't agree with these guys' god, cut them into pieces. Now, <laughs> he was saved, but he wasn't quite sanctified, right, everybody? He needed the growth track and really bad, right? Because he gave his heart to Jesus, but he was still a work in progress, all right? In fact, don't even cut, cut everybody. If you don't serve these guys, God, cut them into pieces and go to their houses and just turn them into piles of rubble. I mean, he needed, he needed God. So for no other God can save in such way. And then the king, I love this word, he promoted them. And they thought they were taking a stand and would be demoted. And they actually got promoted. That's next week again in the province of Babylon. Listen to me. I really believe with all my heart that God has not only called me, and this church to be a voice to our nation. I think, I think God has called us to be so much more than a church. We're so much more than a, we're so much more than just, hey, give y'all a little kumbaya, check your little spiritual box off, make me feel good. Hey, be there if somebody dies or wants to get married, and I'm going to go on with my life. It's just not what we came to Birmingham to do. We believe that God's called us to feed hungry people and to clothe people who have no clothes and to give medical care to people who have no medicine and to bring the gospel in places where it's not and to translate the Bible in languages where there's no translation in that language yet and to rescue women out of sex trafficking and to plant churches. and to, Are y'all listening to me, everybody? God's called. We're on a mission. We Listen to me, but that's not, that's not our calling. If it's our calling, it has to be your calling. And that's why we do this growth track just because we need you on the team. We believe every person has a purpose. It takes us four Sundays to kind of help you understand what that's all about. That's what that growth track is all about. First week, we talk to you about what it means to be a member of the church. Second week, we show you how you are a unique piece of God's puzzle. You have a unique gifting and calling, and you need to discover what it is. Week number three today will show you that even if you don't consider yourself a leader in the traditional sense, you're a leader because a leader is just someone who brings influence to the world in a loud way or a quiet way. They influence. That's what today's step is. And then the next step is how to find your place to get started doing something that makes a difference. I encourage you. Listen to me. You will have a choice in culture. You can be a voice or you can be an echo. And you don't want to just resound whatever everybody else says you are. No, no, no. Be who God's called you to be. This is really good. And that's why if you haven't ever been on the growth track, get on it. If you, if you want to start today, you can. The only step you can't start on is the fourth one. But if you want to step, start on step three, you can complete the next two next month. We just do them every single month. I really highly encourage it. I want to come back, though, as I close this message. I want to come back to one thought that I think is key to the whole process of standing. And that is that we're standing for something, not against something. I'm not going to focus on what we don't like in culture. We're going to focus on how much we love God. You know, I spent, I'm, I'm in my 35th year of full-time ministry, and I've had the time of my life, by the way. I, there have definitely been hard days and days I wanted to quit. But I'm going to tell you, by and large, I'm the happiest person I know. And I just, I can't believe I get to do this. I really feel, I feel that way every day. I consider it the highest honor of my life to be your pastor. I'm having so much fun, you have no idea, really. I can't, I can't tell you. 
And, 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 and I really believe that. But the first 11 years of ministry were in youth ministry. And I thought I was going to be a youth minister well, in, well into my 50s. I'm 54 years old, and I thought I would do this forever. That's how much I loved it. I still love young people. And that's why we put so much emphasis on students here. Most of you in this room came here because your kids brought you. And uh, you still don't like the music, but your kids do. And so you're here, and, 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 and you, but you just you understand that. That's why we're training 1,000 college students right now to put them in the mission field and put them in, in church work. I mean, I, I really believe in it. And, but I had a philosophy about youth ministry that made our youth ministry very unique. And that is I determined that I would never have a youth meeting and tell the kids what they shouldn't do. I wasn't going to say, stop, stop, you, you can't, you're going too far on your dates. You need to stop all that. Stop it. And you need to stop drinking. Don't you drink, don't drink, drink it, drink it. It's a mock you. It's a beer's a brawler. Beer's a brawler. Brawler. <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't, you know, uh, or, 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 or stop cussing, stop. stop. I, they never heard that from me. I was convinced that I needed to give them something to live for, not something to live against. Uh, and so one of my tricks was, is that I would take them on missions trips. And I get them fired up about going, doing something that in many cases was just a schmidge, not really dangerous. We made it seem more dangerous than it actually was. But we would take them back in the day when the, the Iron Curtain, the Eastern Europe was, was closed to the gospel completely. And we'd, we'd send teenagers in there and we'd smuggle Bibles on their, they had Bibles in their underwear and their socks and we were crossing borders and they thought, this is, this is way better than Friday night, man. I smuggle Bibles. You know, they were like having a ball. And we would do missions training in the woods of Colorado. We would set up this giant, you know, 100 acre field and we would have KGB officers, you know, and we would have uh, campfires and we gave them maps and they had to go campfire to campfire without getting caught by KGB. I, we did all great fun. And, and and they, and they would look at me like, I love serving God. I said, I said, I told them, I said, don't stop being rebellious. Be rebellious. Just rebel against the devil, not your parents, not, not, not God. Just, you just, and I, I used all that energy toward good things, not bad things. Are y'all following me, everybody? <laughs> it was fun. But I want to say to you pretty much as adults, you're in my youth group too. And I want to say, I'll never get in your face and tell you stop, 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 don't. You've never heard that from me in 16 years. You never have. I'm trying to get you in love with a God, standing for something that really matters and where you're passionate about it. I want to just give you, I could give you 20 things to stand for, but I only have about five minutes. Let me give you three things you can take a stand in. The first is stand in prayer. Stand in prayer. Now, I love this one because I think religion has hijacked prayer. It's turned prayer. They even call it this. It's my quiet time. That's the problem. It's too quiet. Oh, no. Baal says, be still and know that I'm God. No, he said, be still. He didn't say, be quiet. You just need to stop moving so much, but be loud and know that he's God, too. You need to go ahead. And if you look at prayer in the Bible, it is not passive. It's not this little, you know, well, I, I'm not even going to pray out loud. The Lord knows my heart. I'm going to think about the news of my day, but the Lord knows my heart. You know what I'm saying? No. Man, put on the full armor of God when you pray. Take your, come on, stand out loud. Take your, come on, stand out loud this time. Take your, take your stand against the devil schemes. That's more fun. So he goes on to say, put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, guess what you're going to do? You're going to keep standing. Yeah, I'm going to stand in prayer. I just think, I, I just think it's so important that you realize that, man, this can be a dynamic part of your day, not a passive 
part of your day. And I'm all about meditation and devotion and solitude. And I have quiet times in my time of, of, of worship to the Lord. But check it out, man. Really, I encourage you to stand up in prayer. When I first got saved, I got saved at the Christmas of 1978. And then and, 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 and I went back for my sophomore year, a changed person after the Christmas break. And I went to Woodlawn High School in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And man, I, got, I won about three of my friends to the Lord. And I said, guys, hey, let's do this. Let's go to the place where the buses drop everybody off. And there was this little like island around this big circle and an island of grass and this flagpole. I said, let's pray around the flagpole. And as the buses come in, let's pray for all of our friends. And let's see how many people we can reach for God. Now, I know it was radical, but we were having a, this was way before see you at the pole. And we were, we were doing this prayer time and these buses would come in. And after about two months, we had about 80 to 100 students praying with us around this flagpole for revival in our secular, in our secular school. We were seeking God. And there's a bunch of kids who wouldn't pray. Hey, we say, come on, man, come pray with us. No, that's all right. But I got English test, second period. I didn't study. You know, they go off and drop their prayer requests, you know, and help me, help me retain, recall the things I didn't study, the, the great student prayer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we would pray, and God moved, and we want a bunch of people to Jesus, but it just, it's more, it's more exciting and more dynamic whenever you take your stand in that way. Here's the second one. I'm just giving you a stand verses. This is, I got this straight from God's Word. Stand for your purpose. And I say that because all of hell is going to try to keep you from doing what you're doing for God. In fact, he's talked a bunch of you out of being involved in, in some kind of ministry or on our dream team because you said things to yourself like, well, I'm not worthy. Well, join the crowd. Oh, yeah, but I had a bad week. Well, join that crowd too. I mean, the enemy will lie to you and say you're not worthy. Well, that's right. Oh, we already knew that. But that's why, that's why we stand up not for what, who we are, but who God is inside of us. And you could do something. Don't, don't ever give up your calling in life. And that's why there's a lot of verses. Here's just one. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, there's our word, stand firm. Let nothing move you. And always give yourselves fully to your calling, your purpose, the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Man, I've had so many days where I wanted to quit. It would disappoint you if I told you all the days I was this close. And the only reason why I, I'm still on this stage is I'm not going to let anything move me. I've just made up my mind that I know all of hell is trying to get me to do something else with my life. And I know I'm called to do this. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? That's right. We stand. You've got to stand firm in your calling and your purpose. And here's the last one, and that is we need to stand for God. If you do nothing else, just stand for him. And you know why you should? Because he stood for you. I mean, think about it. He put his life on the line, his career on the line, his reputation on the line. In fact, the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. You know why? You. Hebrews says it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. You know what the joy was? You. I don't want to do this. Ah, stop, 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 stop. Don't, don't nail. Oh, wait a minute. Chris, go ahead. I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah, but John, go ahead. You were the joy set before him. He took a bold stand for you. I proudly stand. I am a Christian, everybody. I stand and represent the only true God, everybody. I, I love Jesus. I'm proud of the Bible. I believe it is God's word. Take a stand. 
stand. The Bible says that if you acknowledge, Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me in front of people, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. But he went on to say, if you deny me in front of people, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. I guess you weren't that serious about this relationship. Here's how the message says it. Stand up. That's why I gave the message, because he uses that word. Stand up for me against the world's opinion. Guess what he does when you do that? And I'll stand for you in heaven. So I want to close with one thought. It's the coolest thought ever. Not Maybe not ever, but today. Okay, everybody, it's just the coolest thought. And that is, Jesus isn't standing right now. He's sitting. All over the New Testament, I don't have time to show you all the places. Here's just one. I put it in your notes. That Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews goes on to say he's seated, and he's there praying for you and me, talking to God about you and me. He's making intercession. All right, cool. But why isn't he standing? Well, the truth is, he does stand one time in the New Testament. So this guy named Stephen wouldn't stop preaching. He's the first Christian martyr. There have been millions since. But he's the first person to lose his life for, for, for Christianity. He has that beautiful distinction. And as they were stoning him, so I mean, he's tied up to a pole. That's how they did it. And they literally would keep stoning to you couldn't even see the person anymore they were piled with rocks and Stephen full of the Holy Spirit looked up to the heaven and he saw Jesus not sitting standing and he said this watch this I see heaven open and the Son of Man is standing and when I read that I thought you know Jesus does stand on some occasions and when is that that's when you stand I want you to write it down this way and we're going to pray. When I stand, Jesus stands with me. I want you to write that down and just put it in your lap and be very still, very quiet. What a beautiful thought. When I stand, Jesus stands with me. Lord, I pray. Come on, open your hands and receive this. I pray for courage, a graceful courage, a faith-filled courage. God, a a, a passion of the heart to stand, stand. God, not arrogantly, not because we got it right, they got it wrong. We stand, God, because we are for you. God, let our standing inspire the world around us. I pray the church leaves these auditoriums today full of the Holy Spirit, standing, like Stephen stood. And Jesus, we know today you're standing with us. Now, I want you to hear this. Close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, Chris, I'm so convicted right now because I've not stood. I've, I've been kind of a compromising Christian, maybe not one at all. And I just know my relationship with God is not at the commitment level that it needs to be. And today, I want to take a stand. Now, I want you to do this privately right here in this room, in every auditorium. You'll get a chance for it to go public. That's what baptism's all about and other things. But you need to make that standing decision privately first. And if you're here today and say, Chris, I know I'm supposed to take a stand for God. My relationship isn't right. Or for some of you, maybe it's not even in existence. 
and I want to stand with Jesus. I'm, I'm making a stand today in my faith to put Jesus where he belongs in my heart. We're going to pray for you right there in your seat. We're not going to make you come to the front. You're not going to go anywhere. Just pray in a prayer right there where you're seated. Campus pastors, come join me. If that's you, you want to be included in this prayer. You're really not even letting us know. You're letting God know. But if that's you, I'm taking a stand today. Lift your hand at every location if that's you. Come on, lift it up. Lift it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yes, yes. Come on, be bold. I'm taking a stand. I'm taking a stand. I'm standing for Jesus. I'm going to be a person of faith. Good, good, good. Slip those hands down. Let me help you with a prayer. Pray something like this. Say, Jesus, thank you for standing with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Today I put my faith in Jesus. Come on, say that. I put my faith in Jesus. I believe he died, was buried, and he rose again. I make him my Lord today. Forgive me. Say this for going my own way. Come into my life and change me. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In your name I pray.